0: Hello, and welcome to episode 62 of Married with Mouse Ears. I am one of your hosts, Michael Agnew.
1: I'm your other host, Zara Agnew.
0: And today, there's no way that it can be the end of December, and we don't talk about Star Wars.
1: It's an annual tradition.
0: Exactly. We are back home in Houston, Texas, with my brother, Nathan Agnew, the quintessential Star Wars history... Historian? Historian? Knower of knower right. of all things from a galaxy far far away. So we are going to talk about the rise of Skywalker. And depending on time, we actually did not record this podcast until we watched the season finale of the Man of The Mandalorian. So we might be delivering
1: some Mandalorian hot takes as well. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're a couple from Dallas, Texas, who loves all things Disney, pop culture coffee, puppies, there's been a lot of that this weekend because Nathan has a new puppy. But since Star Wars is a part of the Disney universe now, we are including that in in our canon and in our podcast podcast episode today. All right, so before we really just
0: jump into it, I want all three of us to give our number rating 1 through 10 of where we would rate of what we would rate this movie
1: out of every Star Wars movie or out of like the trilogy?
0: No,
2: just on a just scale say. of one to 10.
0: Yeah, how enjoyable was this movie to you?
1: Um, Seven or eight, maybe like an eight.
0: Okay. I would say eight and a half to nine. Wow, I would say, so I have seen this movie twice now. First time I saw it did not, I was really thrown off from the beginning and I would have given it a five or six Maybe a six. Now I would give it an eight. Yeah. All right. Next question. If you are ranking The Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker, so the three movies in this trilogy, where would you rank those three movies?
1: Hmm.
2: Force Awakens and um, Skywalker are really difficult because they're great in two different ways. Yes. Okay. Cinematically, Force Awakens is better, but in depth of story, I would say that Skywalker is better. Okay. So since I just naturally focus more on depth of story, I'm going to have to go for Skywalker first, and then Force Awakens, and then The Last Jedi.
1: I think I'm going to agree with Nathan.
0: So y'all are both saying Last last Jedi last.
2: Oh, yes. Oh, it's horrible. It literally says the word last in the title. Oh,
1: my
0: gosh. All right, well, just because I want to be... Contrarian, I might still say Last Jedi, be- best one. Ooh.
2: Okay, you can keep your green milk. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, really, a big thing about this movie was that J.J. Abrams made the first movie of this trilogy, The Force Awakens, but he did not make the second one, Last Jedi. Instead, Ryan Johnson made the second movie, and then. J.J. Abrams came back and made this movie, The Rise of Skywalker. And it seems like for a lot of the movie, it was J.J. Abrams kind of pretending like The Last Jedi didn't e- exist or kind of writing over a lot of stuff that happened in this movie. Nathan, give us, give us a fuller picture of that saga.
2: Okay, so the original director slate was gonna be J.J. Abrams. The second one was gonna be made by Josh Trank but Josh Trank made the horrible Fantastic 4 movie and got fired. Okay. So they replaced him with Ryan Johnson, which was an issue because the scripts had, had already been had already been written.
1: What's Ryan Johnson done?
2: Ryan Johnson has just done a bunch of just little random movies, honestly. I think he was involved with
0: Well, he just made Knives Out. Knives Out. He does which like was these like a pretty creative well films. Yeah, well-received movie.
2: Uh, I think it had something to do with Godzilla or something like that. Um, And then the last one was supposed to be made by Michael Trevorrow, or Colin Trevorrow, who made uh, Jurassic World. Okay. And so each th- three of those people were supposed to make their own vision and their own episodes were supposed to be kind of self-contained in an overarching story. And then when Josh Trank messed up on Fantastic 4, it just threw everything out of whack. They hired Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson did not do a good job according to JJ Abrams. JJ Abrams had to come in and rewrite everything, and now we have a trilogy that just looks really clunky. So you can blame this on the Fantastic 4.
0: Oh. Okay, I, I would like to do that, yes. So I would in no way call myself like a Star Wars nerd. I've seen all of the movies, I've played the video games, but I'm definitely not at Nathan's level where I check comicbook.com and all of these different websites to, to see what's going on. But in the beginning, so the movie starts off with the rolling credits. What what, what How would a Star Wars nerd describe that?
2: I really liked it, I thought they were fun. It dropped a lot of information on us really quick. Yes. It was just like, the the dead speak, the dead speak. I was like, that's wild. So, that I don't mean? know. It's, does that
1: mean, are they referring to Leia? Is that, no.
2: They're, it's kind of both. It's talking about the force ghosts, and it's also oh, talking about uh, Palpatine. So the dead speak is kind of the theme of the movie
0: well yeah so it basically st- yeah it basically starts off and it says oh by the way for these last two movies emperor palpatine has been pulling all of all of the strings behind the scenes he has actually been or orchestrating everything so this big big bad villain who we thought luke when's the last
1: time we saw and darth vader it?
0: had defeated him
1: yeah when's the last time we saw him
0: in the first trilogy so like at the end of the first trilogy um Luke and Darth Vader chopped him in half and so sent him down this yeah. big hole.
1: Expecting him to come back? Zero no. percent.
0: No. Everyone. So when th- you
1: saw his name in the rolling credits, you were all like,
2: Why "Everyone was is like, is what?" Well, if he was in the trailer, so you got to see him there. Yes. But you didn't actually ever know what the deal was. We didn't know if he was a ghost, if he was just like a rumor, if he was actually alive. And then when they showed him in the in the credits and they were like the dead speak and here he is. I was like, Oh my God, so he's actually alive.
0: Well yes, yeah. So then we have these like rolling credits and then we see Kylo in in a very, very, very cool scene where I would say Kylo's lightsaber skills, my favorite lightsaber artist of any jedi or sith person so far it's
2: he's because very he's very he's very violent he was really whacks at it like he's going for the grand slam every time he hits someone it
0: is very interesting because whenever we first saw kylo's lightsaber and it has like the two little horizontal lightsaber beams everyone was like what everyone was like yo this is super whack by the end of this trilogy i am all in and oh, yeah. I love his i'm lightsaber. all in it too um but he like throws it away He does, spoiler, but yes. Actually, there are no spoilers here because we're going to spoil everything.
1: You better have seen this movie if you're listening to the podcast. Yeah,
0: so that scene was sweet, but then we see him, like, flying through, and then he finally gets to the planet exoskeleton. Exegol. Exegol, sure. We're calling it
1: Skeleton Planet.
0: Skeleton Planet with all of this lightning stuff. And then we see Emperor Palpatine, Darth Sidious, like, chopped in half being – held together by this claw crane type thing.
1: Basically held together yeah. with staples.
0: It was it was pretty wild. I I
2: didn't understand at first how he was being kept alive because you only saw his side profile. I thought he was just standing by a machine and then at the end of the movie you see him literally hanging from this machine
0: and I'm like, what in the world? So really it was like, so that first five minutes of the movie, the first time watching it totally confused me and I it, it was basically in that five minutes was what J.J. Abrams would have in his in his version of Last Jedi would have ended the movie doing and so part of this whole thing was like J.J. Abrams getting to a point where he felt comfortable where his story would have ended all right but then after that movie does get pretty great and um, so really I think we'll just hit like some of the best parts of the movie and then we'll just get everyone's thoughts on like their favorite parts and then we'll get into some other stuff. How how does everyone feel uh, about that? That sounds great. Cool. All right. So we see Finn and Poe finally they are reunited and they do the light speed skipping with the Millennium Falcon. What did y'all think about that scene?
1: I thought it was awesome. I mean, sure. Didn't do it for me because I don't care. But they went
2: to all those different environments and yeah. stuff. It was yeah. cool. It was cinematic. I liked
0: it. I. I loved it. Well, yeah, just the idea, yeah, that like the Tie Fighters could like follow on the trail of the Millennium Falcon in their light speed. Well, the reason why is because of
2: Episode Eight, because they invented um, a way to track them through light speed. That yeah. was the story of Episode Eight. So he actually tied that in and was like, oh. "Now you're light speed skipping, trying to lose the trail."
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So boom, he didn't fully eliminate Ryan Johnson. All right. I have to say one of my other favorite cool moments is, I is what the kids these days are calling force timing and instead of face timing. Force timing. The oh yes. Ray and Kylo, where they can both like, like see each other. I have to say my favorite thing from this movie and from this trilogy is the Ray and Kylo relationship.
1: It's the best.
0: I actually enjoyed their relationship. A lot of people online were like these Low
2: people is what Star Wars Twitter called them. I am all for it. I wasn't for it, but as soon as I saw it in the movie, I was like, okay, this makes sense, and I will
0: tell you why in a little bit.
1: Oh, not yet. Oh, okay.
0: okay. Get, getting a little teaser trailer.
1: Yes. I liked the part where Ray was on his ship, and he didn't know where she was, and then she was like touching his darth vader mask and then you saw some rocks come out of nowhere and it was very like what is real where are they it was very cool it was a good visual thing
0: yes yes i yeah just like the creativity of that i thought that was super interesting um so we get this scene where ray is training where like leia is basically training ray to be this jedi master what do y'all think about okay Whenever Leia shows up, Carrie Fisher shows up, and they've obviously CGI'd her, used old footage, used old audio that was wild. to like, include her in this movie whenever she passed away. As much as possible, yeah. It's pretty nuts. Nathan, get give us a little bit more in-depth on the Carrie Fisher involvement in this movie. All right, so Billy
2: Lord plays one of the um, little people that runs around and stuff. That's her daughter in real life. Um, and so Billy Lord owns the rights to Carrie Fisher's face, and said, "I would prefer my mom not to be CGI recreated like that."
1: They didn't follow her wishes.
2: No, they did. And so oh. what they were able to do is instead of CGIing her like they did were for General Tarkin or Moff Tarkin in uh, Rogue One or something like that, all they did was take the old footage and redo it. Their plan was originally to like recreate her in CGI and add some cool stuff. Um, really, and they couldn't because Billy Lord was like, no, my mom would've, would've thought that was really weird.
0: So you're saying that all of the stuff that we're seeing is not really her CGI'd?
2: No, that's literally like they took a pair of scissors and cut her out of the footage and dropped her into the, into the new stuff. So in the original Force Awakens trailer, there's a clip that was never in the movie of Ray handing the lightsaber to Leia instead of um, Maz Kanata handing the lightsaber to Ray. Okay. And so they took that clip from the trailer. And that's how they did the, the force uh, The lightsaber exchange In this movie there was another another Scene that was cut where snap Wexley the guy from heroes Is talking with Leia and he's And she tells him to be a little bit More optimistic you can find this on the DVD of the force awakens Okay. And literally in this movie she tells Snap Wexley to be more optimistic they're Literally just clicking and dragging all of The old old stuff and they're cutting Her out of it and dropping it Into new stuff snap Wexley redid his scenes just so it makes it a little bit more fluid. Yeah. There is a scene where in Force Awakens right at the end where um, after Han dies and Rey and Leia hug That's the same hug that you see in this movie. They literally just took the other camera from the other side of them and dropped it into this movie. So it's the same hug, two different shots.
1: They faked us out is what you're saying.
2: Yes, they did as much as they possibly could. I was kind of disappointed because they filmed a bunch of scenes in the New Republic um, where Leia was talking like Padme did to the Senate in episodes one, two, and three. And they had Leia doing that with the New Republic. And so what I was hoping is that they would do a flashback scene of Leia talking about the threat of the First Order to the old New Republic Senate. But they cut all those scenes, and now we'll never see them. Huh. So I was hoping for a little bit more involvement just well, because they have these well, scenes. Yes,
0: that was my next question was – so obviously the Palpatine stuff seemed to come out of nowhere. Yes. All right, and there's a couple dif- different theories where because of the direction that Ryan Johnson took and he basically killed off Snoke. Was JJ was J. Abrams like, well crap, now like Snoke is dead, looks like we gotta bring back Pal- like Palpatine. Or could it be that, they, like, that Leia and Carrie Fisher, the overall, her involvement over these three movies, they thought was going to be more. And then she passed away and they're like, dang, like we thought she was going to be used more to like kind of resolve this trilogy. But now, that, since she wasn't there, they had to go in this other direction.
2: All of the above. Okay. Um, Carrie Fisher's death definitely messed up a lot of stuff. The training scenes would have been totally. Also, different.
0: W- hopefully, we don't sound like insensitive. Like, in this, obviously, Carrie Fisher is like an is an icon, and, oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and like we love her.
2: Um, but. Her death definitely did derail the movie quite a bit. Um, They didn't film anything, so they couldn't Paul Walker it where they, like, film half the movie in CJ and half the movie was what he already did. Um, So it got really complicated. J.J. Abrams wanted to take it in a direction where Kylo Ren would have been the main bad guy, and then this kind of messed it up because Snoke died, so they did the thing where Snoke was a clone and then Darth Sidious was behind all of it and it's really just all the above and jj abrams just made a movie with the tools he was given
0: yeah so really i hope that we sound like optimistic good and we will as this podcast goes on but one of i i would say my biggest confusing things about this trilogy was that there wasn't one overall story direction it it was like they gave a paragraph synopsis of what they wanted each movie to be and then said hey y'all be creative and go in your own lanes for this and i think it would have worked out so much better if if there was like a hey this happens this happens this happens this happens for all of all of these movies because really it was like Ryan Johnson went in his own direction and then JJ J. Abrams didn't agree with that so now we have these three movies that don't really fully tie in as a, a big narrative story. To the prequel trilogy's
2: credit, it does that really yes, well.
0: It, in a very boring way, but yes. But it
2: does it, because you see Palpatine's rise from a random senator all the way to Chancellor, all the way to Emperor of the of the Galactic Empire. So, yeah. like, literally everything's a step-by-step progression. You don't see that
0: here. Facts. All right, so, Zara, I see that you are zoned out just a, just a little bit, so we will be moving on. So then... We finally get the gang back together. One of the biggest complaints about The Last Jedi was that Rey, Finn, and Poe are these, like, dynamic trio. And they aren't together for, really, most of the movie. Um, Really, like, Rey doesn't even meet Poe until the end of The Last Jedi.
2: Yeah. something like that she doesn't meet him for a very long time she said in an interview she'd never had the chance of really working with him until this movie yeah and i'm like and that's our core team
0: yes it's pretty crazy so finally they get to go to this planet to go and try to find this wayfinder dagger sith combo thing nathan explained that in a more smart way Okay,
2: so the Sith have all these different artifacts and things like that. They have holocrons and things that teach them. Um, so you saw a few of those artifacts in Solo A Star Wars Story inside of uh, What's-His-Face's, uh, uh, forgot his name, What's-His-Face's little yacht that they're in. There's a bunch of Sith Lando? artifacts. No, um, Dryden Voss. there you go. Oh, So in, wow. Dri- yeah, in Dryden's yacht, you see a bunch of Sith artifacts, things like that. Um, you see him have his little um, dagger with the Dude, red blade.
0: What in the world? Yes.
2: That was a, that was a Sith thing. So Do one you of the... Re-
0: remember this? Vaguely.
2: Vaguely. So like those things, there are other Sith artifacts running around, one of which is a wayfinder, which I believe can help you find anything. You it's kind the- of like Jack Sparrow's compass. It oh. will take you to whatever you're looking for. So the Sith Wayfinder allows them to plot a course all the way to Exegol, which doesn't make sense to me because why didn't they use that to find Luke Skywalker? I don't Mm,
1: know. So you're saying, yeah, it, it could have been anything that they were looking for. It could have been anything. It didn't have to just be Exegol. I don't think so.
0: It's very interesting because, yeah, in like the first two minutes, we see Kylo gets this Wayfinder. And I thought this first time seeing it, and then Zara said it, Immediately, she's like, "Is this a Infinity Stone?" Oh my gosh! And it That's is what I thought it was. Yeah, yeah essentially. Yeah. yeah, and so it was. It was like a weird, like I. It just. It definitely looked like an Infinity Stone searching type of type mm. of moment.
2: It was a MacGuffin. And it was a random object.
0: Yeah. yeah. So then they go to this planet. What what planet was it?
2: Ooh, I don't remember
0: Where the name this of the festival. Was? I don't remember the name of the. Planet. All right, Zaire. What do you think about this festival? At
1: it looked kind of cool. Yeah, I would go to it. It looked kind of like the fire Festival.
2: It felt like a Bollywood-like thing, and they're all, like, dancing and using their arms. They have the cool, colorful dresses. It's awesome.
1: Right, did get a necklace. She finally accessorized.
2: And those little alien babies were so cute. I loved they them.
1: They were cute. They were in class, in school. Not
2: cuter than my dog, but still cute.
0: True. So then, yeah, so then they go to find this Wayfinder dagger. They somehow get sucked into this sand pit, go into these underground tunnels where, where the snake is zero. In this moment, did did you think that they had died?
1: No, because that was way too early in the movie, but it did feel very Harry Potter, not for the first time in this movie, because she Ooh. meets a freaking snake and it's like a basilisk in the in the freaking chambers down there. It, and she speaks a to it. Basilisk. And she is Voldemort. Ray is Voldemort.
2: That was a level of Harry Potter knowledge I was not prepared for.
1: Well, you never know what you're going to run into on the Married with mouth Series podcast.
0: So this is very interesting because, yes, this time and then with the Rey Kylo moment, we see someone heal another –
1: Yes, this is, Living a, this is the first time. She heals the snake. This is the first time we see this type of force. Well, of we saw it like
2: four days before that. We did. the Mandalorian. Baby Yoda just yanks it out. Like, oh, wow, this is a cool power.
0: And so, yes, yeah, so it's, it's interesting because really like every Friday a new Mandalorian episode drops. And for the one a couple weeks ago they dropped it on a Wednesday and I thought that that was interesting but but really one of the big moments in this episode was baby Yoda heals somebody just by touching him and that really I think helps solve JJ J. abrams is problem of just like creating forced things out of nowhere that mm-hmm. by saying hey the Mandalorian if like baby Yoda can do it then obviously Ray can also do it it seemed yes. a little
1: unnecessary because I have not been watching the Mandalorian and It just seemed kind of intuitive that Rey would have this power because I'm just like, oh, she's just really powerful and she has the power of all the other Jedis with her and it seemed kind of normal.
0: So then they find this dagger and then all of a sudden Chewie goes to go find Rey and Chewie gets kidnapped and gets put onto this First Order transport. And then there's this, this very cool scene where... I, it doesn't make any sense. I'm very confused about why Kylo – why this was Kylo's strategy. But he starts drive, flying his TIE fighter extremely close to the ground, and he's trying to, I guess, run Rey over with his TIE fighter whenever he could have just shot her, but he never did. And But the coolest – one of the coolest Star Wars moments is Rey backflips over Kylo's TIE fighter and
1: – And chops off a wing.
0: Yes. And then we get this kylo Ray duel whenever they are both trying to force-pull this transport out of the sky. And then it blows up. And then Kylo pushes Rey to a level she had never gone to. And the lightning comes out of her Unlimited fingertips. power. And this transport explodes. All right. So we have a couple of different things. But first thing, so the transport explodes, and we all think for a brief moment— that Chewie had died.
2: I literally cried. Like in the theater, actually cried. I was like, I cannot believe this is happening right now. And then uh, like 10 seconds later, they were like, nah fam, we good.
1: Yeah, I didn't cry, but it was sad. Zara, Zara just
0: stared at me. She's like, wait, Chewie died? And I just had to like stay silent. Um, Now, 30 seconds later, we we realized that Chewie is not dead because there had been a, a second transport One of my really hot takes for this movie, which I still stand by, even after watching this a second time, is that Chewie should have actually died. And you're wrong.
1: It would have been a really emotional thing that would have, I think, fueled the fire for um, wanting to kill everybody even more. Um, But Chewie is very important, and as you see in the last scene, he gets a medal. Yes. And you said that was important.
2: Yes. They could have if Carrie Fisher didn't die in real life. Because with her dead, you have no one left from the original series. Which means that you basically have Lando, who only 50% of people care about. Yeah. And you have Chewbacca. So you and can't, can't, R2-D2
0: and C-3PO. Yeah. But,
2: but Anthony, Hop, uh, Anthony Daniels, the guy that plays um, C-3PO, he's going to have to retire one of these
0: days. So they're just going to no. fade him into obscurity. You're saying that no one else can make some beat boot bop Noises. He doesn't
2: make beep boop bop noises C-3PO C three Po. Maybe he's time. like Mickey right, Mouse
1: And someone can be the new voice actor for him
2: Maybe but he's a very very Specific kind of person So he's going to have to retire which means we're not going to see much of him R2-D2 is basically retired Because they don't want to add CGI to him They want to make him look practical So he can't do as much as he can in the prequels
0: Guys, I have this really great memory from back in the day, and that was that Nathan used to always pretend to be R2-D2. Do you I remember did. this? I did. Nathan I still do. Nathan, can you alone. give us some R2-D2 noises? Beep, boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's right, like Sounds just like him. All right, so, um, yeah, no, I do think that, so in, I'm kind of going in like a little different direction, but in the X-Men universe, there is Phoenix, All right. And in this has been in like numerous X Men movies, basically she is this X-Men that that realizes her full powers and becomes too powerful. And so then all of the X Men fight together to kinda I guess defeat Phoenix, who really is a good person, but she just becomes too powerful and like kinda gets sucked into her powers. Kind of like Elsa, like mm. I mean like in like Frozen where she has these powers but she can't always control them. Oh my
1: god, that's so Elsa.
0: And I honestly really like that kind of character plotline for Rey where, like, if she had killed Chewie and then the rest of the movie is her grappling with, like, hey, like, I have these really powerful powers and I am the person that could bring balance to the force, like, all of this stuff. But I don't know how to control them. That's pretty captivating stuff. But instead, it's like, oh, well – Chewie didn't die. Yeah, it never got fully like realized. it's okay. It there, there's no stakes to but this Chewy's movie. But Chewie's
2: also 250 years old, and he's one of the tentpole characters. I understand she that. just had him in solo, and I all understand this stuff. that. You can't do it.
0: And it would have been a very uneventful death for him. I, oh yeah, I understand. So so yeah. so then, second part of this, really of this scene, is we see Ray shoot lightning out of her hands, and and we realize that Ray is in the lineage of Senator Palpatine. That yes. didn't
1: make me realize that.
0: Okay, well,
2: eventually like- it- You you could at least tell that she's dark. You're yes. like, ooh, this girl has some mysterious Sith inside of her.
0: All right, so how do we feel about Rey being the granddaughter of Senator Palpatine?
2: My first viewing, I thought it was awful. I was like, that was really shoehorned in there. Like they really worked <laughs> overtime to put that in there. Second time, I was like, okay, facts being what they are, I could see this happening. There needs to be some more nuance with, like, what happened with her dad and why her dad was alive. But if they could figure that out, I think it'll be fine.
1: I think what Michael is alluding to is that her parents— Okay, so when I saw her mom, she is, like, a major actress because she plays Villanelle on Killing Eve. And I was like, oh, Villanelle! And I actually thought um, Carrie Russell's character, um, Poe's friend, reminded me of Villanelle. Zuri. Reminded me of Villanelle at first. I was like, yes. Villanelle. Um, anyway, she seemed too important to like just have this one split second like cameo in this movie. So Michael's idea is that they'll have some sort of carryover TV show or something on Disney Plus maybe that will get some more backstory because that would be awesome.
2: Or the other idea is that she was actually inside of more of the movie and then they cut most of her scenes.
1: Oh, oh. Nathan
0: I don't like that theory yeah but that could be true. There was
2: another scene with C-3PO inside of um, the Imperial Starship where um, someone or Ray. Hands him Chewbacca's uh, blaster And he actually goes off and starts Blasting Imperials All the imps are dying And he said this inside of an interview He was like finally the droid strikes back But um, he got away from that And his scenes got cut Because he spoiled it in an interview So I'm wondering if because they cut that they maybe they cut the se- extra scenes with raised parents cuz they weren't needed there's yeah. a whole bunch of stuff
0: well i do think that i would complain a lot less if in 10 years there is another trilogy that goes in between these other two trilogies that that like, talks about what how palpatine had a kid or really like what like well yeah so fo- focusing on raised parents and if raised parents are a big deal so big that they did get this villainelle character to to like player, then maybe it would all make sense.
1: Maybe.
2: May maybe. Or they could do it in one of the T V shows, then like the Obi Wan or yeah. something like that. They could flesh it out.
0: Alright, so then yes, yeah, so then they escape and they go to the city or the planet of Kajimi.
2: Kajimi's kinda cool, but I understand why it got I understand why it got destroyed.
1: We didn't see much of it.
2: We didn't see much of it. And honestly, Kajimi was in a bad type of way and might as well blow it up. It's one of those <laughs> things where like, well, it's already halfway gone.
1: Somehow Zuri survived though. Alright, yeah, so I guess
0: sure, we'll we'll take a little break just from our little this happens, this happens, this happens. So we meet some different characters on this movie and really on Kajimi. We meet Zuri we we meet i am babu freak babu freak i am babu freak <laughs> we we meet this this dio droid who i thought they said his name mm, was theo no thank you and his name was just dio so so not nearly as as cool so where are we on skill of 1 to 10 how much do you do you care about zuri none <laughs> none
1: a little bit, because now it seems like she has a thing of romance with Poe, and I'm down for that. Because anytime you add romance into the Star Wars um, movies, I am all about that. So I like her. I also am, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if like Carrie
0: Russell is is in, then I am also all in on her. Yeah, I was right, surprised
1: so they got this her. This is
2: my hot take. So they're doing this Cassie and Andor TV show, even though the Cassie and Andor is already dead. I think there's a decent chance that they're going to do a Poe Dameron TV show, and they established all this stuff about him being a spice runner and bringing in Zuri or whatever her name is and all this stuff so that they can go back and those can all be characters in his TV show.
1: I like it.
0: I agree because my hottest take that is more hotter than Chewbacca should have died is Poe Dameron is completely redundant and does not need to be in these movies.
2: Awful take. Awful take.
0: Okay. Finn, okay, sorry, so, yeah, let's. we are going to rank some different characters, all right? If you had to choose between Poe or Finn, who are you taking?
1: Finn, because there's not enough African-American representations wow. in these movies. That's so
0: woke of you. I would say
2: uh, Poe Dameron, because there's not enough Latino representation Ugh, in, in prob- these movies. Mm. Honestly, I think Poe is a much better character. I think Finn is a little bit weird. And I don't
0: like him.
1: I like Finn's backstory that he was a stormtrooper turned resistance fighter. The
0: best character plot of anything in Star Wars y- lore, in so Star unexpected. Wars canon, is a stormtrooper. The fir- We realized for the first time a stormtrooper has feelings, has feelings, has taken off his mask, has committed a mutiny, has left Has the, ability the dark to side. Do that. It blew our minds in. That's the never Force happened before. Awakens. Ever.
2: The way that it felt like it was gonna go in Episode Eight is that the stormtrooper without a family was going to um, like get hooked up with Rose, and they were gonna have a family. So it's gonna be like the non-family man gets the family. But Kelly Marie Tran, who plays Rose, got absolutely torn apart on social media, like viciously, viciously, viciously torn apart. And I think Why? that she what chose not to be in this movie and they why said did she get torn apart because everyone hated her character and so the super star wars fanboys like tore her apart and she was crying she deleted her instagram she went on interviews and was like i never want to do a star wars movie again it was what awful. But she
1: was in this one i didn't yes. know that and so, i mean not very much and i was kind of wondering like in why movie, her part wasn't bigger in
2: the movie rose says no i'd rather stay behind she says you go ahead and yeah. finn invites her and she yeah. says no i think that's what happened in real life is that they invited her to be part of the core team and she said no i'd rather not and so they made her do some scenes to fulfill her contract obligations and because of that they had to rewrite finn's um finn's back not backstory but where he was going and so that's when they brought in uh jenna or whatever her name is and they made it to where there's also a a cell of of uh, former stormtroopers And so that was really. Because I do gotta say,
0: I've never been a fan of Rose's like role, mostly because her kiss with Finn was so whack that I just like wasn't in on it. But man, that's really bad. I had no idea about the real life stakes behind the scenes.
1: That's so sad.
0: Zara's face looks like she just saw Chewbacca die ten times. So
2: everyone's complaining. Rose wasn't in this movie. That was so stupid. Well, maybe it was Rose's choice.
0: Dang, that's very interesting.
1: Okay. All right, so... Keep ranking.
0: Yeah, so... um, So, between Poe and Finn, Nathan is choosing Poe. Yes. Mm -hmm. Me and and you choose Finn. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I think that Poe really is just, like, a wannabe Han solo, that that is what his character was created to be. And if he does get his own TV show, then I think he could kind of differentiate himself from Han... And I would be more interested in him.
1: Okay, what is differentiating Finn is his slight force powers that he may or may not have. Uh, okay, that is a
0: sure. Yeah, we could just get onto that theory like right now. Um, so throughout this movie, really, okay, yeah. So in the sand pit, whenever they are being sucked down into the snake's lair, Finn tells Rey, Ray, "Ray, I never told you." And then he kind of chickens out, and then throughout the whole movie, he never tells Ray what he was going to tell her in that moment. And I, upon first time watching it, thought for sure Finn was going to say that he loved Ray.
1: And I feel like their friendship is really just a friendship, like. Well,
2: it really does feel platonic.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and so, then I thought that Ray didn't really like, push him because she really has these like feelings for Kylo. But then Nathan, going into this movie, said that Finn is Force-sensitive, and that, yes. that is what he wanted to tell Ray.
2: Because they've kind con- right, so in Harry Potter, they always line up this— Bringing it back? Bringing it Why? back. In Harry Potter, they line up this thing that if Harry Potter couldn't do it, Neville Longbottom would be the one to do it.
1: Yes. Wait, what? He is the other option for the prophecy that was for He's told. the
2: other option. I think Finn is the other option. They've alluded to this idea of Finn being the Neville Longbottom of the series. Hmm. And in this one, they end up saying, like, I have something to tell you, which I think is that he knows that he can feel the Force. And he keeps getting these feelings. The, whole, the, the Force um, statement that they say throughout the, uh, throughout the series, all of them, is I've got a bad feeling about this. And literally, uh, everyone says it. When they feel the tingle of the force, they say, I've got a bad feeling about this. Finn picks it up and he's talking about feelings the entire time. How did he know that the responder was on that one ship? A feeling. What did he say to Jana? A feeling. Everything's about his feeling. Mm -hmm. I think his feeling is that he's feeling the force.
0: I love this theory, I think it's gold.
1: Where is it gonna go? It though? is now wild that this trilogy, that this trilogy over. ended.
0: Yes, and there was no.
2: Light. I think they're setting it up for the second trilogy that's gonna happen in like twenty years or whatever. Uh-huh. And when we come back and they're all older, I think that Ray's gonna be there training the next generation of Jedi, and Finn's gonna be right alongside her doing it. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay.
0: All right. Well, back to my sorry, but yeah, back to my uh, initial ranking, one to ten. Zuri Nathan has no care. What if Zuri is a Mandalorian? Nah. We didn't see her full face. She
1: wears a mask, right? And all. Yeah, but then it's not the right
0: mask. Yeah. Oh, Okay, fine. What about, I would give her like a, like an eight. All right. What about Babu Frick? Babu Frick, perfect ten. Perfect ten. Meh.
1: Well, he was like funny, but there was no like cute Porgy Wargy in this movie. And but that there were Porgy Wargies. We, we saw Porgs was, for one second. But there wasn't like a new... Character that yes. we all maybe love. Yes, maybe Babu Frick And is. so
0: Babu Frick was—I know I was, like, like, they, like created to to do that for the merch sales.
1: But he's not as cute as Baby Yoda. He's not as cute as a poor. But he's
0: ugly cute. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would give Babu Frick like a seven.
1: He all reminded right? me of. I would choose Zuri over
0: over Babu Frick.
1: Yeah, because she's a normal sized human. And then
0: what about Dio? Yeah, Dio, perfect. Kill him. Love him. Really? Oh, I love him. I feel like Dio Dio is, like, even more than Babu Frick was created just for merch sales of having another well, cute the cool
2: thing droid. about Dio is that Dio's the only utility droid that we know of that actually speaks. He speaks.
0: One of the best things of this trilogy was BB-8. Yeah. BB-8 was hardly used. Last movie, in The Last Jedi, BB-8 literally controls an AT-ST. And, that was awesome. And does the little chicken walker thing and saves the day. What did he do in in this movie?
1: I don't know. Except for have a tree fall Ray on him. Ray put a tree on B, him
0: because he is too slow. I
1: don't know.
0: Y'all are too harsh on him. I know. I am. Sorry. This hey, in podcast world we have to have hot takes. So me, D dio poop. If his name was Theo, it would have been a 6. But since his name is Dio, a 3, a 1. <laughs> Oh, boy. So then, in one of really the one of the most beautiful scenes ever, we get Ray and the gang have gone to this indoor, have gone to indoor to find the Wayfinder, whatever. and then we get this Ray Kylo ultimate lightsaber duel on the Death Star or the remnants of the Death Star. What did y'all think of like this whole scene? setting. I thought that the way that they got there
2: with the knife was really convenient. I was like, oh, that was a plot device. That was very convenient. So the whole Death Star thing kind of threw me for a loop. The fight itself I thought was really cool, but the setting, I'm like, oh, they're on top of the Death Star. I was like, ah, that's really shoehorned into the movie.
0: Okay, I do have to say that, yes, whenever she, like, pulls out the little thing of, like, this dagger to get the exact placement of where she's supposed to go. I thought it was going to be like from the Christmas story and it just says, drink more Ovaltine. <laughs> I mean like, it was very little kitty, was not very cool. But I loved yeah, the setting of them fighting with like the waves crashing. That was cool. That was super dope.
1: I don't know if I fell asleep during this part, but I, I'm having okay. a hard time remembering We did any see of this.
0: this at 9pm and Zared was dozing off a little bit, but it's, it's all okay. Well it is, yeah, so one, it is them okay, yeah, so it it is them fighting, um, on the Death Star. Ray does some back flips, there's waves crashing, it's very like barbaric, savage lightsaber fighting. Oh, yeah, where, where, Nathan, for you, does this lightsaber duel? Rank in like the overall lightsaber duels of Star Wars. All
2: right, there's been some awesome lightsaber duels. There has been. Um, I would say that number one still has to be the fight in Snoke's uh, throne. Thank room. you, amen. It still has to be uh, the fight with Count Dooku versus Yoda in Star Wars Episode Two, where Yoda's doing all the flippy duties. See, I
0: need to rewatch this movie. Seriously,
2: that is probably before before the the palace scene. That is the best one. Um, the the fight with Darth Maul. On, uh, that one is on, on Nabu, and then I would say the fight on the Death Star.
0: Dang. Oh, okay. I honestly forgot about the Count Dooku one. I just remember being like twelve years old and seeing Yoda like flip around and freaking out. But but I also remember being ten years old and seeing Pod racing and Jar Jar Binks and also freaking out. And then growing up and people being like, "Episode one sucked." No, so. Episode
2: one is still in my top five. It's maybe I, personally top three. Whoa. I would say so, yeah.
0: Yeah. I love episode one.
1: Yeah, I love it.
0: Alright, sorry. So, um so then we get something that I didn't really love, and that was whenever Leia like connects with Kylo, and then Kylo puts his guard down, and then Ray stabs Kylo oh, with yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. the lightsaber. I
1: remember this. I couldn't remember how this fight resolved. Kylo and in theory
0: dies, but then Ray heals him. And brings him back to life. And runs away. And and then yes. What did y'all think about that?
2: I thought it was cool. The way that the way that it happened was weird. I don't think that they should have layered that fight on top of Leia's death scene. Yes. I thought that Leia kinda deserved a little bit more than that and it was kinda distracted from because of mm-hmm, the fight mm-hmm, scene. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be more of an editing problem though, not really a directing problem. I so think there's
1: so, lots of editing problems.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right.
2: I do think Hot that takes the, for
0: the editors of this I movie. do
2: think that the scene that was supposed to that, – that popped up with um, Han Solo coming and talking to, um, to him, I think that was supposed to be Leia doing that, force projecting like Luke did, and they couldn't do that because Leia had died and so they ended up scrapping it and doing this weird dream state of Han Solo coming to him. Because it would have made more sense if Leia did the force projection and then it killed her just like it did Luke. Hmm.
0: So there are a lot of people that say that the most emotional moment for them, for this movie, was the um, Ben Solo, Han Solo, memory reuniting and, and then Kylo throws away his lightsaber and throws away the Kylo facade and fully becomes Ben, ben, ben Solo.
2: Well, it was almost written exactly like the scene in F- The Force Awakens where he kills Han Solo. That, the dialogue was almost exactly yes. the same.
0: I rewatched part of The Force Awakens like, in that moment like after my first time wa- watching it. So knowing that, I like that scene a ton more. Like, yeah. I liked it. Yeah?
1: It was a good father-son moment.
0: It was. Also, Harrison Ford really got no credit in, like, the in-credits scene. Well, because
2: he couldn't. Because all those in-credits are publicly listed, and so he had to go uncredited in the movie. It's like in Aladdin. Robin Williams is not uh, credited in Aladdin as being the genie. Why? You can't find him in any of the posters or on the credits. Wait, what? Why? Why? Because he didn't want to be credited for it. Because they were doing an actor's strike at the time, and so he chose not to be credited for the movie. And so he got paid somewhere down the road. They never paid him directly from the sales of the movie. What? And so the same thing. happened. How does he know this stuff? I don't know. I'm a Disney guy. This, just like this is don't. a Disney podcast. So this is weird. Just though. like I know. just like that, he chose or they chose not to credit him so that he wouldn't be publicly listed
0: because he was the surprise reveal.
1: Okay. Oh, surprise! So
0: by far my favorite line in this entire movie was whenever Ray and Kylo at the end of. At the end of this battle, Rey, Rey tells Kylo, I did want to take your hand, but I wanted to take Ben's hand, not Kylo's hand. Loved it. Hit me in in the feels. That was like the greatest line right there. Sorry, just needed to give a little shout out for well, that.
1: Well, her saving Ben sets up the scene for much, much, much later on at the very end of the movie where... Palpatine has almost killed them, and then Ben has to sacrifice himself. Which to save I loved. Rick.
2: Literally, that was the most beautiful scene in the movie.
0: All right, sure, yeah, yeah. We will, we will just get there. It was right beautiful,
1: now. but it was, it was not the ending that I wanted.
0: I loved it. I loved everything about it. So
2: Ben's whole thing is that his line that he keeps saying is, um, he keeps praying to Vader and saying, "I'm going to finish what you started," and. So we think that that means creating, like, a new empire he's going to create and become the new emperor and, and lead and everything. That's not what Vader wanted. Okay. Vader wanted to save the lives of the people he loved. And so the point of him turning to the dark side is that he wanted to save Padme's life. Yes. And the point of the dark side is that the dark side never gives anything. The dark side only takes. And so we see the emperor, he is taking life in order to survive. He is taking life from these machines. He's taking life from his followers. He's taking life from potentially Baby Yoda. I don't know. He's taking life at the end from the dyad and sucks life out of them, while a light side person gives life. That's why they brought in this healing thing. And so the whole thing is that Darth Vader turned to the dark side, hoping to be able to save Padme. But he could never save Padme because he wasn't willing to give anything. Mm. At the end of the movie, Kylo Ren finishes what he started and finds out how to save the ones you love, which comes from sacrifice. So he sacrifices himself for the one that he loves, which is a fulfillment of what Darth Vader was trying to do with Padme.
0: Oh wow. my God, Nathan! I just want to take this minute-long clip and put it on every social media platform for the rest of eternity. <laughs> wow. I do
2: have YouTube videos, so
0: this is impressive. <laughs> so Wait, you have YouTube videos? I,
2: like five years ago, I made like three theory videos, and they got like a thousand uh, views each. So uh, they were. I we're was bringing that fairly, back. Wow. Bringing that back.
0: Wow. So, okay, yeah. we will talk offline. We need to um, create a better platform for you, Nathan. Correct. Man. All right.
1: Well Okay, but w- wow. Remember the romance? Yes, I remember
0: would... the kiss? Literally, the first time I watched this, yes, it was my favorite favorite moment of the entire movie was the kiss, was seeing Ray and Ben kiss in my arms shoot so up into the air like I had just seen the Astros win the World Series. I was
1: waiting for it the whole movie, the whole trilogy. There was this weird pent-up tension, and then finally they kiss, and then <laughs> death. Ten seconds later, they die. Because it really was, yeah, like, in, in
0: like, The Force Awakens, it was this brother-sister type relationship or, like, kind of like sibling rivalry.
1: It blossomed. It, and then
0: you do see it blossom really into this, like, romantic, like, really wholesome relationship. Well,
1: it felt very, like, Han and Leia-like. They were, like like, you know, playing back and forth with each other and, like, getting on each other's nerves and then all of a sudden it's romantic.
0: Well, yeah, and really, like, the Han and Leia stuff, all of their marriage, them raising up Ben, we never saw. So, like, we have never seen in Star Wars, like, a married, healthy couple leading, like, this next generation. And so what I really thought this next trilogy would be was that the rise of Skywalker Mm -hmm. was was really was Ben falling into that Skywalker lineage from his mom and then Ray marries into it. And then it's both of them together because while there was the brother-sister of Luke and Leia, now we have this couple, this husband-wife of Ben and Ray.
1: Sadly, that is not to be. And
0: then 10 seconds later, all of those dreams just died. But honestly, Nathan, your um, little minute monologue – was honestly pretty beautiful, beautiful. and and uh, and, we and ties now everything all To make it all,
2: all full back circle, in. is pod racing. <laughs> Bring back pod racing. Let me see it. Yes, and we're good. Okay. That's all you care about Oh,
0: okay. So we skipped a couple of. I would major say major things. Major things. We'll, I will we'll get to those things. I would say my least favorite part of this movie. I still stand by this. Was why did Ray go back to? Luke's abandoned planet
1: oh you didn't like that no
0: it was like it was it was very weird it was like it was like she brings Ben back and then she goes off to go hide and go be like Luke and go burn the lightsaber and everything all up all of her books and like in the Jedi way and then Luke comes back as a force ghost but since when can force ghosts hold physical well they Objects. keep they keep increasing the powers of the Force ghosts. Yes.
2: In episode 8 they made them be able to strike lightning down from the sky and stuff like that. Yeah. So they're just building on the lore. I yeah. don't I don't have any problem with that.
0: Force is just becoming a way of convenience. There are no strong set rules of no. what the Force can do or no. a, or a cannot do. We can do it all. It just it's just
2: plot convenience. The
0: only it's. thing I liked about it was Finally, seeing that X Wing rise up from that was so cool. That was very, very cool. And it was
2: a tie in to Return of the Jedi because he he yanks it out of the swamp, and this time he just like does it like it's no
0: big deal. Yes. So that was very cool. But I just, it just like even in this thinking through the movie, I'm like, oh yeah, she went back because she like got scared or fearful or angry, like whatever. It just didn't really flow with her character. I didn't think. But then, get to Exegol. She's flying Luke's X-Wing. Yeah. That's what it's called? X-Wing. Sorry. Um, and Nathan, yeah, describe what happens. All
2: right. So she's flying the X-Wing, and then Poe is, like, tracking her on some sort of map. And he's like, dude, this is Luke Skywalker's X-Wing. And then Finn's like, no that's Rey and so they go to Exegol she lands the plane she marches into the castle and then you end up seeing like almost like if you've played the Night's Order public games which are really important to the series um uh, you end up seeing like this Valley of the Sith Can I play
0: those on Xbox One? Yeah you can also get the first
2: one on your on your iPhone. What? Yeah it's an iPhone app. You can get the first one on it and then you you can play the second one on the Xbox. I can give you my copy.
0: What? Oh okay.
2: Alright, right, but yes, so she's marching through. You look at this Valley of the Sith Lords kind of thing and you see these giant 200 foot statues of all the different Sith Lords and everything. And she ends up going to the throne and she sees, this is the throne that I foresaw. And she thinks that she's gonna sit on it and that something's gonna go awful and then Palpatine comes out on his little machine and says no I didn't want him to kill you I wanted him to bring you here so that you could claim your birthright and I'm like oh my gosh this is the most amazing thing of my entire life hmm. it was dark
0: so wait you really did like that end scene I or, didn't the first or, time that I saw or, it or like I did stuff.
2: I did the second time that I saw it because it reminded me so much of the old Knights of the Republic um uh, Valley of the Sith Lords thing Because something that we've never seen Is the depth of the dark side Most of the time we just see Darth Vader who's actually not that bad And we see Count Dooku who's actually not that bad And some of these guys that aren't that bad But in the old books and stuff The depth of the dark side is awful And What we saw on Exegol Was the absolute depth Of the dark side Yeah, That was the dark side that like They can't tempt you with that Once you see that you're like this is Awful! I can't ever go here. And so it shows you like this is truly the path to the dark side. Like fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. That is suffering in its Ooh. finest.
0: Okay, okay. It was,
1: there, was pretty scary. It, it was pretty terrifying. It was awful.
0: Well, yes, because so yeah. Like, what did you think about like this end scene? Really, the Palpatine, all of yeah, this last stuff.
1: Um, it was a good tying together and wrapping up um of course we just talked about ben and how depressed we were about that but um yeah i'm like wondering where the where it all goes from here because the good guys won and now it just wraps up this whole storyline and like will there be evil in the future i mean like i guess there has to be because all these sith people died and the command chain died and Palpatine died, um but I guess there's still like evil people out in the world, but Well yeah. yeah,
0: let's not quite get let's not quite get get there yet. Yeah, they didn't wrap a nice bow on it because I'm sure that there are they some I'm like sure that there are some some theories. We did see Palpatine like crater into dust. So it wasn't like he just got thrown down some, like, tunnel. No, Be-
2: we saw that man die. Yes,
0: we saw him actually act- die because, yeah, Star Wars does like having people just fall down tunnels and then they, like, res—and then they just, like, come back. A.K.A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ben. Yeah. A.K.A. Um, Darth Maul. Lots a of— A lot of people. A.K.A. Senator Palpatine. But not Han Solo. <laughs> no, he did. Or is he? No, nah, he did. What if that wasn't a memory?
1: All right, all right. All, all right, right, sorry.
0: So, but one of the, I would say, yeah, one of the, one of my favorite moments of the whole movie was the, whatever, Ben starts running in his, like, black sweatpants, black sweatshirt. Like, he just got done jogging in his, like, Adidas garb. Nike. Nike garb, sure. And he runs in and then... Ray and Ben do the force timing with the lightsaber. Oh, yeah, that was the best. That, that was a very, very, very cool scene. I loved it. What did you think? All
2: right, so in the battle, she ends up sending the lightsaber to to Ben through her little thing, and he does this little shrug where he's just like, yeah, I did that. Yeah. And I thought it was super awesome. Um, it kind of reminds me of the scene in the uh, – in Snoke's royal room, because she ends up dropping her her lightsaber to him like that. Yes, and so it's literally like a replay of the same fight, but over two different distances, which I thought was really cool. So that was tying that, it in.
0: That that's
2: cool. Plus, they're also fighting those. He's fighting those guys in red, um, which were the same guys and kind of the guys in red that were in Snoke's castle. So it, that that
0: scene kind of flowed together really, really well. The Knights of Ren was one of the most ba really cool things, kind of like the red guard, like in that yeah. room. And it was weird that there was like no explanation of who the Knights of Ren is, like well, no, in the those movie. Are the,
2: those are the those are the other students from Luke's Academy.
0: Hmm. Okay, you yeah. So? Well yeah. So there's all of this stuff that I know that that there's canon and like no, they said stuff in the movies. out there. Oh rip Yeah. R- really? They
2: said it in episode seven, they were like, he took the other students from the uh from the academy and formed his Knights of Ren. Oh.
0: Oh okay. Well, I'm glad I know this now. Yeah. Um so yeah, so then Ray gets ray defeating palpatine actually that doesn't matter as, as much what did y'all think about whenever all of the voices of the previous jedi i loved it. dude there was a ton of people a in there a thousand generations of jedi are now living through through ray you saw it, the it,
2: whole jedi council uh every single one of them spoke um, Anakin Samuel L. Jackson Samuel L. Jackson spoke, and, As Mace Windu But Anakin spoke They brought back Hayden Christensen He that was, was like That was super interesting um, He was like Balance the Force as I did, and all this stuff, yeah. and Rise Ray, yeah. and it was, it was cool. Then they had a little bit of um, the original Ben uh, Ben Kenobi. They had some of his lines thrown in there, and they okay. also had young Obi Wan thrown in there. Yeah. So they kind of layered the two. It was a, that was really really cool. They I think they had Ahsoka Tano in there, uh, who's yeah. Vader's apprentice. I think she was in there. I don't know. There was a, there was a bunch of people.
0: Wait. Oh dude, I'm watching the Clone Wars right now. I'm still on episode, I'm still on like season one Mm -hmm. where I just started season two. So are you saying that, yeah, so Anakin's apprentice in the show is Ahsoka.
2: Yeah, that's his apprentice. So he becomes—he's not allowed the rank of Jedi Master, but he's a Jedi Knight, and so he's allowed to have an apprentice. At I that never point. even
0: thought about. Oh, okay, sorry. I—I don't want to spoil that for anybody. Man, that's yeah. super interesting. So then she gets the two lightsabers, very much Harry Potter style. Whenever they're whenever they're both like fighting, and it's like Harry versus Voldemort. The wands are going, there's the magicalness meeting in the middle, and then eventually good vanquishes evil. What do y'all think about that final moment?
1: It was a great ending. It, to me, it seemed like a bow was wrapped up, but y'all are making it seem like no bows are wrapped, so I it don't even know It felt very to say.
2: final to me. It felt like it finally tied a bow on the legacy of the Sith but I don't necessarily think it tied a nice bow on the legacy of the First Order or the Final Order because a lot of the Final Order ships are still out there because they sent that fleet that destroyed that planet, uh, that destroyed Kajimi, they sent that out there, and that wasn't at Exegol. Hmm. So those ships are still floating out there. And what happened to all the rest of the First Order people that weren't on Exegol? The only people we saw die were the people on Exegol. And so any First Order people that were still out there, yeah. they're gonna have to wrap a nice bow on that. There could easily be a repeat of what happened with the Empire, where it's just these people splinter apart and start becoming regional
0: yeah. warlords and stuff. Well, that would make sense, because we did go from the First Order to the Final Order, and I'm like, what, what happened to the second, third, fourth order, like first to final? So speaking of uh, about final, the final scene of the movie, mm. Is Ray goes back to Uncle Owen's abode, home dwelling? His homestead, yeah. I thought that was awesome. I
2: honestly want her to make like a little Jedi, uh, Jedi Academy there. If they made the Jedi Academy at Luke's homestead, that would have been the most insane wraparound.
0: Yeah, so we see one, Ray has a yellow lightsaber. One, it was just cool that she had the little switch thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, can you give us a 20-second explanation of the yellow lightsaber? What does that color mean? Because I have never seen a yellow lightsaber before.
2: Yellow lightsabers are Jedi Consulars, which are kind of well-rounded people that know discipline as well as lightsaber battling. A lot of them are guardians of the temples and things like that. So it's basically like a protector. Like she is now, because of her yellow lightsaber, a protector.
0: Oh, okay. So she puts Luke and Leia's lightsabers just into the sand.
2: Mm-hmm. It's like a burial ceremony because they have no bodies. So
0: we we know that that those lightsabers will be dug up again. Though. They'll they'll dig it up in the next series. Yeah, they have to. So that happens. There's like this strange lady that comes and says only because Rey's lineage had to become like the main plot line like of this movie. Mm-hmm. Said. Basically, what is your last name, Ray? And and then we see the Force ghosts of Luke and Leia appear, and she said, "Ray Skywalker." Mm-hmm. Bum bum bum.
2: What I think would be kind of cool. This is just a totally random thing to throw in there. Um, Anakin had all these little friends at his little pod race. I would love if, <laughs> if that the that old lady raising. was one of the little friends that was there when they were uh, when. Anakin was like, "It's
0: working! It's working!" If
2: like that lady was just one of his little friends. Yes. If Darth Vader's friend was was there.
0: Okay, Zara obviously wants to get going because we are about an hour into this podcast. But my really big theory that I'm ready for you to shoot down because I have not told you mm-hmm. this yet was in the flashback of Emperor Palpatine. We're really of of like Ray's parents. We see Ray's dad get shot. We do not see Ray's mom die, though. I think we do. I don't think that we do. I thought she got stabbed. I don't think so. I think. What if this lady is Ray's mom?
1: Oh my God, no!
0: No, she's too old. That lady was like eighty. No. You don't think that like traveling the galaxy, hiding from the emperor, would add age? Would would not sixty five years? Would like add some wear and tear to your body? Maybe, maybe just a little bit. All right, I, don't I knew no. that. I knew that would get shot down. Well, there, as me and, and Nathan have been saying, all of our theories. Throw out s- some some random theories, whatever feedback, hot takes of this movie you want to deliver.
1: Well, one is that throughout the whole movie, there are just so many pop culture references and references to other movies really? that I kept pointing them out to you throughout the entire movie.
0: You are right. Like what?
1: So all of our like Harry Potter like references, the a lot of Marvel references. How we th- almost thought it was gonna be like Civil War, or like when all the fleet shows up, and you were like,
0: you you are right. We yeah, we didn't even really talk talk about that.
1: Now I I kind of find it. I, I kind of found
0: it cheesy at these times where I, I feel like they, they stole from other movies or kind of like Is ripped that, it
2: off. Do we like
1: that or do we oh, not you like that? Oh, you mean like
2: how they opened up the portals in, yes, it in, was in like game and all the in, people in came game. through. Yeah. And then in this one, all the little people came through. That does make sense. Or
1: it's okay. just like echoes of different things that have already happened in different mm-hmm. pop culture movies that we've seen already. Well, yeah,
0: or even, uh, I know uh, a lot of people really I- enjoyed this line. Of whenever the um, final order said where like where did all of these ships come from? They don't They're even have people. a navy, and and that guy says they are just people. You
1: said yeah, you said it was um, that was
0: basically Dunkirk. Yeah, Dunkirk, and oh, like yeah. So um, wasn't Dunkirk a JJ Abrams
1: movie? Maybe I don't know. Maybe
0: that would have been well. Dunkirk is he just like well. Dunkirk was a real like historical thing. Yeah. Is but, he just
1: referencing all of his previous work in this final culmination? He's like, I've done too much, and now it's all just repeating itself.
0: That would be really really deep, Zara. And then the robot
2: so. comes up and he's like,
0: I'm C three PO number <laughs> 4815162342. lost. Was that a lost reference? The the fact that Nathan knows that lost number. Is, I was just
1: getting lots of vibes from other movies. Sure, yes. That's how I felt. The whole movie. Other thing is that after we saw this movie, we started talking in the car and we were saying, should we say this for the podcast or not? But we were saying since this is part of the whole Disney universe, what if other Disney characters are secretly Jedi?
0: Oh yes. Okay. I do I do think that we will do an episode. Maybe the maybe the next episode. On um, who is
2: secretly like a Jedi. Maybe
0: if like we can Create time, maybe tonight we can all do it. But, like, if we were to, like, what Disney characters would would be what Star Wars, kind of, yeah, how, yeah, like, what Disney characters would be what Star Wars characters would be interesting.
1: Okay, so what really brought that whole subject up was that ray can heal people and we were saying that it was really just like Rapunzel and her hair like she puts it on people and then she heals people so we we're saying Rapunzel is probably a jedi a secret jedi that we don't know about
0: she and is baby baby yoda
1: she's baby yoda and so we we're thinking who else in the disney lore and disney canon could potentially be a jedi and there's just so many people who we think could fit into that mold.
0: Mary Poppins?
2: Mary Poppins. Maybe there's a lightsaber hidden inside of her umbrella. There
1: probably is. Um, that's
2: the, how she can fly.
1: The Blue Fairy is a really good example.
2: Oh, she waves her little stick.
1: Yeah, her stick.
2: Her little 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 wand.
1: Yeah, her wand.
2: Okay, okay,
0: okay. okay. There was that moment where um Finn's or Lando's secret daughter, May maybe daughter what's her name, Juna?
2: Janna, Janna,
0: Jana, Janna. She uses a random bow and arrow. We've never seen bow and arrows in, but it was cool in Star Wars. And she shoots down some like like somebody. Gets and an arrow in the I'm face. I'm like, is that Merida?
1: It's probably Merida. Merida. Who
0: knows? Um, okay. Speaking of yes, yeah, so different theory. There is this really awkward conversation whenever Lando is talking to Janna and Lando is like hey where did you come from and she's like oh i am an orphan and then he like makes this thing of he's like, like let's find out oh well yeah yeah so two theories one is that Lando's daughter yes yes or two is Lando creepy and was he hitting on somebody 40 years young younger than him
1: no, no the first like, one he's just
2: weird like that billy d williams is just weird
0: <laughs> okay do do we think there could be a offshoot disney plus series
1: yes there's obviously will be
2: jenna and lando soaring
0: through the skies boom wow nathan does it all he, he i do he makes youtube videos he makes r2d2 noises he makes little theme songs theme songs he does it all all right well thank you all so much for listening to this podcast nathan do a little 10 second plug your stuff
2: uh, I'm called Major Mouse, M-A-J-O-R, M-A-U-S, Major Mouse. M-A-U-S? M-A-U-S. It's oh, okay. German. Uh, but, yeah, so I made some videos How like many, five how years many ago. Su-
0: how many subscribers do you Probably got?
2: Probably only like 30. All right, good. We're bringing so it back, resurrecting. We it. we'll yeah, it'll be fun.
0: Boost that up. All
1: well, right. Thank you for coming on. It's been awesome. Thank you. See you next time wish upon a star for that one
0: special girl to take me on the ride to a whole new world under the sea of bare necessities you've got a friend to me cause I'm fun and fancy free with you on my arm people won't know what to do say I wanna be like you bibbidi-bobbidi-boo like Woody and Jesse and Toy Story 2 girl I have your name written on the bottom of my shoe